home. We are going to talk today about how to teach through the grumbles. Her newest book is how to what, can you hold it up? I got it. The grumble yeah. free year. Oh, the grumble free year. Thank you. <laughs> like, that's not right. That's the title of this. Sorry. Hey, that the is grumble. a good title. That is a good title though. <laughs> it, is, it is. The Grumble Free Year. And I thought, what better to talk about than uh, all of this? I know that there are tons of parents, both homeschooling and non-homeschooling parents, who are experiencing this right now. So let's dive in. The first okay. question I have is, how are you staying motivated right now? It's kind of a weird time in our world. How are you staying motivated to teach? Um, how are you keeping your children motivated? Yeah. What are you doing? It is very weird because the neighbor kids are all home. <laughs> They're, you know, usually in public school. Um, of course, my kids can't play with them, but they see them like running around and stuff. And so I think right now, um, what I found is really we've kind of adjusted our schedule. I know we're going to talk about schedule here, but we could just jump into that now. Um, you know, before we were homeschooling in the morning, my kids had therapy appointments in the afternoon. Three of them had dyslexia. We had some OT appointments. And so the afternoons we were doing that. Well, now we don't have that in the afternoons. We're not going anywhere. And so we've kind of even slowed down and adjusted our homeschool schedule. So before when I would make sure they were up by eight or 8.30, now it's more like 9.30. They're getting up. We're getting breakfast going. And then I really have that time in the morning where I'm reading my Bible. I'm kind of like getting peace in my heart, even although all the other stuff is happening right now. Um, and then we're starting more slowly. So we're, you know, getting up together, we're having breakfast together, we'll start doing like our Bible reading together. Um, and then we'll jump into some of the read out louds that we're doing. And just really, you know, again, I always do when I do read out louds, I do, um, they can play with their Legos or they can color or they can have their Play-Doh out. So, you know, the table's just filled with all these things. And so that part of the routine has been the same. We've always done it that way where we start with the Bible and then that read out loud, but just doing it slower in the morning where everyone just has time because we don't have to rush anywhere. We can just enjoy the day or we could take a break. We could bake something or do something else. So we've really just been trying to be motivated where we're still trying to continue on with our schoolwork, but because we're doing at a slower pace it almost feels like it's part vacation too <laughs> we're not having to rush through things um to get through the day very good so how what what ideas do you have to calm grumbles i'm sure yeah. we are not the only i'm sure there are parents everywhere are experiencing these what ideas can you give us to sort of calm the the grumbles and complaints yeah. Well, first of all, there's so much going on in the world. And I know that a lot of parents are anxious and kids can pick up on that. Um, they could pick up in word tense or sometimes I'll be sharing with my husband like, oh, my goodness, there's 100 new cases in our state of coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, they could kind of hear that. They could they could sense that. And so I think the first thing when it comes to kind of controlling the grumbles is controlling myself. And like when I said having time in the morning where I can read God's word, I can pray, I could realize like God has us under control. This is not a surprise to him. You know, we're doing all that we can to stay safe. And once I get myself settled down, because if I'm anxious, if I'm complaining, if I'm 
worried about things that my kids definitely pick up. And they talk about like the mom is often the mood of the home or the parent, whoever parent is there, the majority of the day is kind of the mood of the home. So when I can control myself, that really makes a big difference. And then just letting the kids know that, oh, I could see you're stressed about this. Let's talk about that. And I think so many times instead of ignoring it or saying you don't need to worry about that, just letting kids talk about it and share their concerns. You know, my little guy, he just started baseball. Um, he's not able to go to baseball practice. Like that's a big bummer, but say, okay, that's a, you know, I could see how that is really bothering you, but mom, you know, this afternoon we'll go out and I'll play catch with you. And I did for like 45 minutes in the afternoon. So kind of see the things that are stressing them out and trying to acknowledge those things. Like, you know, you don't need to worry about that or don't think about that. Let them actually think and talk about those things. Um, you know, usually grumbles come if we're stressed, sometimes we're tired, some kids get hungry, um, you know, they don't have their favorite snacks or whatever, just trying to acknowledge those things and meet those things ahead of time. But then also, I think even better than trying to say don't grumble is to catch when they have a good attitude. Um, when they, you know, say, you know, hey, you want to play with me? What a great job. I love how you're including your sister or your brother or, you know, when they do something, if you say, hey, can you pick this up? If they pick it up, say, thank you so much. I appreciate you doing it. Um, the more we start catching them doing the right thing, praising them really makes a huge difference. I remember when we were doing the grumble for a year, um, one of our kids, she was 12 at the time, she really complained about having to do her chores. Um, and we rotate through the kitchen, the living room, the bathroom, and especially the kitchen, she would just grumble and complain of having to do her chores. Well, I was praying about it. And I realized like every time she's doing it, I go in there and like, you didn't clean this good, or you need to scrub this, or you need to do this better. And I was just picking on her. And I realized like, I don't appreciate it when I'm trying to do something and people are in there and getting on my case. Um, so instead I just would catch her like even at the beginning when she was doing something right. So she'd be wiping down the counter. I'm like, wow, that's really sparkling. That one piece of, you know, that one part of the counter is really great. And it kind of like perks them up. And so I think the more during the day when we can praise kids, like great job, what a creative idea you came up to use all these empty toilet paper rolls or whatever, just catch them and praise them. Um, and that works a lot better than, than catching the grumbles. But another thing that we did um, so they can kind of catch themselves grumbling is we figured out each person's grumbling style. So we sat down because I talked about, okay, you know, how do we grumble? It, it isn't just our words. You know, some people, it's definitely like the muttering and the grumbling and complaining. But some people, especially like teen girls in my home, would be like, ah, or like whatever, or slamming the doors. And I'm like, those are grumbles too. And so they're like, oh, I do this and I do this. My littlest one, she's like, I whine. And everyone's like, yeah, you whine. And so we just got a whiteboard and we just put our name, the name, and they're like, mom, you gripe. And I'm like, oh yeah, I get on the griping thing about everyone needs to pick up their shoes or whatever. And so we just mom gripe, um, Allie whines. You know, we just went down the list and then say, okay, now we're not going to try to catch each other, but we are going to try to catch ourselves and just being aware that, you know, this is something that they're doing. And then just letting them know um, that, you know, when we grumble and complain, we're, we're not being thankful. So really, you know, even though there's a lot of stuff going on in this world, we could be thankful, like God is taking care of us. And, you know, so far our family is healthy. We have 
food in the fridge, you know, we have electricity and internet, like think of the things that to be thankful for. And when we grumble, we're saying, you know, God, you're not doing enough. Instead, he is doing a lot. And so the last thing would just be to get a gratitude journal out. Um, you know, I have little journals that I created and, you know, you can even do it with a plain notebook and every day write something you're grateful for. And I think all those things, whether it's catching them and praising them or you know, under helping them understand their own verbal styles, or turning to gratitude, or even noticing if they're hungry or something else. All these things can really help us just change the attitude in our home, and it really makes a big difference. Those are great pieces of advice. Something that I noticed we're doing more is actually having dinner together because mm -hmm. so many things were happening in the evening that we didn't have time to have dinner. So that was—it's just been a nice um, regroup to sit yeah. together and and share a meal again. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, so tell me, you were talking about um, Operation Love Your Neighbor. Mm -hmm. That is what you're doing with your kids right now. Tell me a little bit more about it. Yeah, you know, once we, you know, figured out, like, we're going to have to self-quarantine, basically. We're going to have to do the social distancing. Um, we, My 90-year-old grandma also lives with us. So it's me and my husband. We have six kids at home and my grandma, who's 90. And, like, it would be really dangerous if she ended up getting sick right now. So even, like, playing with a neighbor, even if it doesn't look like they're sick, we just don't know. We just need to be really super careful with grandma around. But we also want to show our kids, like, we can still love our neighbors during this time. And so I just came up with Operation Love Your Neighbor. And one day, actually, I said, we're not going to be even doing our book work. We'll do some little read out louds, but you don't have to do independent work today. We are just going to be loving on our neighbors. And so we baked cookies. So some of our kids, we did two different kinds of cookies. They were in the kitchen baking cookies. And then um, the other three kids went and cleaned out our game closet, which this is also it helped organize the gang closet. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it was like a win-win here. But we ended up going through our gang closet and we made a list of all the board games that we have. Like there's a couple ones. I'm like, you don't have to share those. But all the board games that we have that we would be willing to share and lend to our neighbor because everyone's home. Um, you know, they're trying to figure out stuff to do too. And I think we have like 30 games on that list. And I printed it up. And we started with the neighbors that we know that, you know, maybe have their cell phone that I could text them and like, Hey, my kids are bringing cookies and a couple of neighbors that they, they know like, Oh, so-and-so has a dog and we always pet the dog. And so I'm like, okay, you take them cookies too. But we just said, Hey, we're going to be, you know, texted the ones I had the, their numbers. We're going to be dropping off cookies. We're just going to ring the doorbell and leave them on your porch. Know that, you know, it's from us. And then we taped the, just the printout of the board games we have available and said, you know, if you want to borrow a board game. And so a couple of our neighbors did, they said, Hey, we'd love to borrow this. And it's fun later. Cause they were able to show us pictures of them playing that game. Oh, I love it. So really it was just our way to say like, we can't go out. We can't go over the neighbor's house or go pet their dog or do all the things that they're used to doing, but we still want to show our neighbors that we care for them. And that just gave, like kind of lifted my kids' moods when they found out, you know, baseball was canceled and they wouldn't be able to do different activities that they were looking forward to. Um, it was just a way to kind of boost their spirits because when we give to other people, like it gives them a purpose and it shares joy with others. And so um, we did that. And then another thing I just started, which I could send you the link to that, is um, online we just started a private Facebook group called Kids Reading to Kids. 
And then it was just, I just started inviting some of my friends. Um, and, you know, it's, I want it to be a safe place. So all the videos are going to be approved. But my kids just got on there and read storybooks and I videotaped them and we uploaded them. And I'm encouraging some of my friends to do the same. So it's just these kids, even though we're in different parts of the country, we're not able to go to sports or activities, they can just upload videos of themselves reading. My um, one daughter read, um, if you give a pig a pancake, and then she read caps for sale, you know, all these little books that they can just read and post a video. And my one of my friends um, posted a picture of her kids watching my kids read. So they just love that. Oh, I love it. It's really a way to just think of how can we continue to connect with people and encourage people and use our talents, or you know, whether it's baking cookies or reading a book, to just encourage other people during this time because it can be so isolating. Because you know, even though we're homeschooling and we're used to being home and doing school at home, you know, most homeschoolers are used to being part of co-ops and sports teams yeah. and different activities. So this is even a big change for us too. So just really finding ways. And I think a lot of people said, like one of my friends on Facebook said her and her neighbors are um, recording songs and posting them on their private, you know, neighborhood group and of them just singing different songs. And so, you know, think of something that you think you can connect either with a neighbor down the street or even a friend across the country that you can just encourage them during this time. That's great. I love that. I love that idea. I will put the link um, below so you guys can find where Trisha's private group. Um, so what books, speaking of books, yes. what books do you like to hand your kids to help them learn not to grumble or complain? What books yeah. help a lot? Well, so we've read so many great Sunlight books this year. And I have a blog, and I think you'll include the link to that that has all of them. I, I think pretty much Sunlight does such a great job of picking good books that really just have character development where kids learn even through trials, they can, you know, show kindness. And so those are really great. A couple that we really loved this year that was part of our reading is um, A Lion to Guard Us. And it was about um, kids that ended up, um, you know, leaving Great Britain to go find their father. Um, and he was in Virginia at the time. But just the hardships that they're going through. I think sometimes if you read these type of books in history and say, wow, kids are really going through really hard stuff. You know, maybe the things we're going through is it's not unique to us. Um, so books like this, and I had some other historical um, fiction books on that list, but another fun one that was part of our um, Read Out Louds was Ramona and Her Mother. And Ramona is really whiny and she's really complaining and she kind of has fits and it's just fun for kids can say like, oh yeah, I do that sometimes. <laughs> and so we could talk about that. Like, how could she have handle that in a different way. And usually she learns her lesson in each chapter. So this is a super fun one um, to read. And then we love um, the YWAM books that have been part of, you know, the curriculum packages for the older kids. We also, I just read them aloud to everybody. Um, and so we love these books um, from YWAM that are really good. And it's just missionaries that just go through so many hardships. And again, when we start to grumble, we can just see that there's people in history that have really, um, God has really used them through very hard situations. And then, but some other books that um, actually, because my kids, my adopted kids have gone to therapy, that the therapist has um, encouraged us to get, um, this one is called Today I Feel Silly. And it's about different moods. So it talks about being silly or being anxious or being angry and at the end, they can like share their mood. There's a little turning thing they could have 
share their if their smile or oh, angry yeah. and just talk about their feelings. Um, I think it's important for kids to share kind of how they're feeling and know that everyone feels silly sometimes. Everyone feels anxious. Everyone feels sad. So uh, everyone feels like grumbling, not that we need to grumble. So that one. And then there's another one. Um, and this is actually by, this one is by Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, oh, yeah, yeah it's interesting. Um, but this is another one that's similar to the way I feel. And it's, again, it just is another way to talk about um, feelings. So this is a want someone that's feeling really grumpy. And it's a good way to just talk about your moods. And then this is a, a great one called um, How Full Is Your Bucket? And it's talking about everyone has a bucket and we could either fill it up with people or we could drain their bucket. Um, and when you give them encouragement, you're actually adding to their drop their buckets. And when you're saying mean things, you're draining their buckets. And so we'll read this, you know, every couple of months. And then they're reminded like, are you filling, are you filling up a bucket? Or are you draining a bucket right now? Yeah. So that just really, it helps me to remember too, like, okay, as a mom, I need to be filling up my kids' buckets and encouraging them. And um, when we fill them up, then they're able to pour out to other people. So those are just some great books. Yeah, great. Um, so what what advice do you have on for parents for taking breaks? Like yeah. schooling breaks, um, spring break, now that we're all stuck at home, what advice do you have? Yeah, and I think so, it, so many times we think like, okay, we need to push through this, we need to get this stuff done. But if there is times when the kids are just feeling unsettled or um, different things are happening, or if there is, yeah, there's spring break, but we were, we were planning to be at a homeschool conference. We're not gonna be at the homeschool conference. So again, find fun things that we can do. And so even though spring break was last week, you know, we're doing a lighter workload this week and we'll probably do kind of a lighter workload next week, but just include fun activities. So one day, um, you know, we did a little bit of read out loud and then we just had a movie day. We watched, um, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, and we just sat there. It's the middle of the day, which we, we never usually do that. Have popcorns, we're all in our blankets on the couch <laughs> watching a movie together. So that was a fun thing. Um, we also, again, are doing more baking together. My, my 10 year old, um, she just turned 10, she made French bread. We actually like found a recipe and it turned out, I was so, so impressed that she made French bread. We did that, not, walks around the neighborhood are great. You know, we don't, we're not gonna you know stop and visit with neighbors, but just getting out and getting fresh air. Um, you know, my husband and I talking about maybe doing a bike ride around the neighborhood with our kids next week, just to get out and enjoy spring. Um, and we also talked about ordering seeds and we have, you know, we already have some pots, we have some mulch and, um, you know, good soil so we could plant some things in the backyard next week. And so again, it's just thinking of things that maybe, you know, we're not going away, we're not doing a trip, but what are things that we've always wanted to do? You know, we've always wanted to grow a flower garden in the backyard, which we've never done. Another thing that I did, I've always wanted to learn how to water paint and um, do water, you know, paint, watercolor painting. And so I ordered paintbrushes and the paints and um, paper. And so we're going to do that next week. So really think about different things that you're doing that, um, or that you have wanted to do that you haven't taken the time to do it. You know, you've been so busy before, and this is a great opportunity to try those things, to try new recipes, to um, try new, you know, art or, um, you know, we've, 
gotten lots of craft kits that we've bought that we've never used. We're pulling those out. And um, we're also using Rosetta Stone and we're all learning German as a family. Oh, yeah. So we're super excited. So we've been sitting around like an hour a day and um, we take turns on the computer, you know, speaking the words and clicking on the pictures. And so that's been super fun. In fact, yesterday we forgot to do it. And my son that night when he was going to bed was like, we didn't do German today. So, you know, we, and of course, you know, I've always wanted to do a foreign language with my kids, but now it's like, we have more time, even from nine years old to 17 year old, we're all sitting around the, the computer and learning German. So it's super fun. And so just think of those things that maybe you've thought like this would be fun to do someday. Well, guess what? Today's the day you could actually start those things. I was pointing, my son and I are doing, this is our actual hands on oh, history yeah. on the shelf right there. Yeah. So every day I pull one out, we read a little, well, not every day, every few days I'll pull yeah. one out, read a little bit about it. And then you might end up seeing that out in the world somewhere. I thought I would record a few of them to sure. share. Yes, we have some too that we haven't finished. Yeah. Um, we did some of the projects, but also we have a lap book kit that I'm going to be pulling out next week. So see all these things that you get and you have wonderful intentions that you never get around to. Now we have more time and the kids love it. Like they just think it's so much fun. Absolutely. So I know we talked a little bit about your schedule and how it's adjusted. Mm -hmm. A homeschool schedule that works for you, what does that look like in a typical day? Yes. So, and I think we're pretty much still sticking to our typical schedule. Um, like I said, we're I'm letting them sleep in a little more because we can start later. We don't have to do things later. But we've had the same basic typical schedule since, I mean, the la probably the last three years. And that is, you know, we get up and we have our Bible time. So we always start with our Bible time. So with our curriculum, there's usually a devotional book that we'll read and I'll read the older kids books, the younger kids and younger kids, older book, other older kids, and then missionary storybooks are um, in there. Um, and so we read those together as a family and then whatever read out louds that we're doing. So like when we read um, A Lion to Gardas, which I just have right here, um, this is in the younger kids, um, you know, packet, but I ended up reading it to all the kids. And so I'll read books out loud to everybody. Um, and, and I think they really enjoy that. And it's we, I, I have it so both sets of kids, the younger kids and the older kids, are both er learning um, early American history right now. And so, again, I, I figure out what they can do. That So we're studying the same time period together, which is really fun. And then after we do read out louds, um, that's when we'll do the independent work. So we'll work on the math together. Um, you know, I have three little kids that are kind of the same level. So I'll do that while the older kids do their independent work and their independent reading. And so because that's just the natural rhythm that we do during the day, even though like things are, maybe we'll stop and take a break and bake something in the middle. They know like, this is what we do and this is the schedule and this is what we accomplish. Also, um, Audible has a lot of books that people can listen to for free right now. It's under Audible Stories, if you search for Audible Stories. So some of our read out louds are on Audible so they could also listen to them. So that's been great too. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll go ahead and buy those books if we're going on a trip um, that we can just listen to, but a lot of them are free right now. And so I'll say, hey, while we're baking, instead of me sitting at the table reading while you guys are doing crafts, we could listen to this audiobook. But that same schedule of, you know, always starting with the Bible first and um, making sure we get our heart right with God really helps our homeschool day. And then reading that loud and then moving to independent work 
um, has just really worked well for our family. And um, the kids are used to it. And then the afternoons when the older kids have like longer chapter books, that's when they, you know, will sit outside and read their book or, you know, be lounging on their bed reading their book. So, you know, we have our together time and then kind of the time where we kind of all filter out into our different places. Great. That's great advice. And I think that um, something that I've learned from talking to so many people is everybody's different and mm -hmm. you find what works for you and then, and everyone kind of agrees on it. Right. Yeah. So how do you get your family to stick to the schedule without grumbles and complaints? Yeah. And I think the more it's just how things work, they just get used to that. Um, so I think before when we would just change up the schedule all the time, when we were kind of starting this curriculum, when we would do this other curriculum, it would get more chaotic. But once we're like, okay, this is our curriculum. These are our books we're going to do for the year. This is what we're going to be doing. The more that's the expectation, then the kids will just, this is what we're doing. And it gets easier to stick to that. And I think there are some days, like the day we had the movie day, um, I'm like, you know what? We're, we're reading these books. We did our read out louds. We're not going to worry about the workbooks or the independent work today. Let's just all get together and do a movie. So, you know, we do want to stick to it, but there also can be flexibility in it. Um, there can be time when you realize like, oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in our world right now. Let's just watch a movie together. So really it's, you know, trying to stick to it, trying to have a good attitude, but also realizing it's okay if we just want to stop and watch a movie for the afternoon or go bake something and take it to the neighbor, that that is part of schooling too. It's not just the educational work, which, you know, that's super important, but it also is working on that time together as a family, the time to encourage each other and, um, you know, support each other when there are challenging things going on. Great advice. Great advice. So I have one of your books, Calming Angry Children, in my office at we're at Sunlight, not in my home office <laughs> now. Um, and it kind of, I am dealing with it right now with my daughter. She sort of takes stress out in angry outbursts. Mm -hmm. She might get it from her mother. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, and before we would just separate. Like I would be mm -hmm. like, I'm going to go to the grocery store. Or why don't you, I'm going to go for a walk or, you know, whatever. And now that we're kind of stuck at home here in Colorado, it's snowy, although it will be um, warm again soon. Do you have any advice on how to navigate that now that we can't like use external outlets um, yeah. to escape from one another? Yeah. Yeah. And I do have the book here so I can show everyone what Yay, it is. Yeah. <laughs> angry kids. Um, yeah. I do have some really good things. So first of all, um, I think it's a good thing that when everyone's together all the time, like even homeschool kids, you know, families weren't, we were kind of separating, but now we're all together. So whether it's grumbling or whether it's anger, like we have time to work on these things. And so really I would um, start and just talking about in a non-confrontational moment, talk about like, what do you think some of the deeper issues are that are bringing up the anger? Um, and, and some of my, especially with teen girls, it's hormones. Like I could tell certain times of the month or certain things are going on and those hormones are going. And so we'll even, get, we'll talk to them. Like if you feel like, you know, it's because it's a certain time of the month or something, you know, something your home or your hormones are feeling out of whack. Just say like, can I go chill and just eat a piece of chocolate in my room? And that's like the cue. You know, my husband will even say, I'll slide a Hershey bar under the door. We keep backup chocolate. Just like, just let them know that hormones and all those emotions 
are very tickable. And it's not even sometimes teenagers, sometimes even preteens when kids are changing. I mean, there's so much going on. And so talk about like, this is issues that's going on. Sometimes I feel this way too. And, you know, and so let them understand that there are reasons for difficulties or like my little guy um he's not getting the outlet of going to baseball practice and so you know he may be feeling frustrated and not getting outlet and so i'll go play with him so kind of taking time first to figure out what is causing the anger and is it is it something that we can work on together is it like this kid just needs energy out and he's not getting it or is it a hormonal time of the month or is there you know maybe they're missing time with spending time with their friends or just figure out what is kind of the root issue of it is again in a non-confrontational moment while you're baking cookies you know you know I, and sometimes i'll even say man i've just found myself getting really frustrated lately and i realize it's because i've missed going to bible study and seeing my friends are, and just like sharing what's going on with me first um lets them know like oh okay my, my parents dealing with this too um but then when the anger comes because there's still times when we're going to have an angry kid um, first of all, I've realized for me to stay calm and to not escalate in the moment, which I never thought I was an angry person until I had teen girls in my face, like telling me I'm a horrible mother or whatever they say in the moment, I was just yeah. like, feel like I'm escalating. And I remember talking to one of my kids therapists about that. And they, and she said, you know what they're doing, right? And I'm like, I have no idea. She's like, if she can get you angry, it takes the pressure off of her. Because all of a sudden, if she's angry and escalated, and then you start yelling back, then she's like, you're yelling at me, you're a mean mom. And suddenly, it's not about what she's doing, or her problem or her attitude. And of course, I'd apologize for raising my voice or whatever. And all of a sudden, it takes it off of her and her problem and her anger, and it puts it on you. And yeah. so she's like, so when you say calm, you win. And so I would, you know, as a kid stomping, stomping upstairs and yelling at me, I stand at the bottom like, if I stay calm, I win. If I stay calm, I win. And, and just, and before I would usually like follow them. You can't talk to me that way and just realize like, it's okay. Um, I don't need, this is not the situation to try to change it. Um, later you can have the conversation. So first staying calm. And then second, um, if they're, emotions are turned on their think their emotional brain is turned on their thinking brain is turned off so if they're angry or upset for any reason justified or unjustified it's not the time for me to say you should not talk to me like that god says you need to respect your parent like any time are we're lecturing that's not getting through at all so later at a different time when they calm down then you could talk about those things but if their emotional brain is peaked, their thinking brain is turned off. And even my husband, he'll get into the 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 big lecture mode, and I'm like poking him, like this is not helping the situation right now. The lecture, you know, we could we have this talk later. Um, and so just know, you know, first stay stay calm and realize it's not the good time to have the lecture. But then also teach calming skills, um, which something again, one of the kids therapists really showed us when they start feeling like they're getting angry and they want to explode, they want to, to yell, they want to slam a door, give them ahead of time in a non angry moment, things they can do instead. And so she actually, our therapist actually did this with one of our kids. We, she made a calming bag 
um, in their office, but we've done this before. So we just get like the huge gallon Ziploc bags and you put Play-Doh, even homemade Play-Doh. Um, if there's those little things of bubbles are good because the bubbles you're breathing, you know, breathing in, breathing out. Um, we'll do like fidget spinners, um, sometimes a little notebook with colored pencils. So uh, scripture verse cards are really good to have in there. And we will have all the kids have calming bags. And even before we've gone on vacation, it's like, we're going to be in the car with each other for like 12 hours. So before we go, everyone, I'll put all the stuff on the table, you know, stress balls, everyone will make your calming bag. Gum is another good thing because when they're actually working their jaw, that helps kind of with the anger. And so they know ahead of time when you still start getting frustrated or angry, um, just say, I'm going to go get my calm bag now. And that's the cue to everyone that you're going to need a chance to calm down and giving them that space to go and play with Play-Doh, to go blow bubbles, um, to go draw a little picture. It's teaching them healthy ways to calm down. And sometimes we think like, well, you know, we're just letting them go off and well, it's okay. Like it's okay if they're choosing to go off and calm down instead of exploding in the moment. And so just teaching kids ahead of time how to do that and have those resources. Now teenagers, it might not be they want to play with Play-Doh, although my, you know, some of my teenagers do. It might be if they play an instrument, go strum their guitar or go put their earbuds in and listen to a song that they like. And that's okay. You know, they'll say, can I go listen to my music to calm down? I'm like, yes, you can go listen to your music. We'll talk about this later, whatever happened, but give them that chance to calm down. And I know for me, when I start getting angry, I just want to go to my room, shut the door. Sometimes I'll like just sit there and pray or get out of Bible verse. Like I have my things that I need to calm down. So we need to let kids know that they can have um, those things too. And then again, I talked about this earlier with chores, but just praising them when they get it right. So even if they start to explode and they go away to calm down, you did a great job. I saw how you really controlled yourself. You didn't let yourself get upset. Or even if they come back later and apologize, thank you so much for apologizing. That really means a lot. So just praising them, praising them, praising them when they get things right or when they're working to get things right, when they're doing better than they did before. Um, even with my little guy, um, he would, when we first got him, adopted him, he was two and a half and he would just throw things and stuff when he was mad. And the the therapist is like, if he even throws it in the direction of the toy box, start praising him for doing a good job putting his toys away. And so he'd be mad, you know, hurling stuff. I'm like, great job. You almost made it in the toy box. And all of a sudden he would stop and be like, oh, I'm going to go throw stuff in the toy box. So that praise can kind of break them out of the angry mode to like, oh, wow, I really like when my mom's not mad at me when she's praising me. And they, they will switch often, especially the little kids, especially it's easier to get them to switch um, and just move into a different mode. I love it. Thank you so much for that advice. Yeah. I, I was just thinking of, I'm like, I need to write down everything. <laughs> I, need, I need to go grab that book from my office so I yeah. can make <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Trisha. You can find Trisha over at trishagoyer.com. She, like I said, has 75 books she's mm -hmm. offered, authored, tons of knowledge. Thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's always great chatting with you. Yes. You too. See you next time. Okay.